You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about counselors in the courtroom. This week, we read Psychiatry in the Courtroom, published in Psychology Today, 2023. Um, Heather, we realized that we had not ever talked about counselors being right. in the courtroom, so this is a really good topic for us. Um, so first, well, we we read the article and we thought the header, the headings right. were pretty funny, right? Um, but we summarized for kind of made up our own, yeah. <laughs> for our purpose of supervision, we have a couple of different ideas. We wanted to talk about what exactly does an expert witness do, right? I mean, you go for anybody that's been subpoenaed to court from a counseling side to. Be like, hey, we want your records and we want you to show up in person and we want to talk to you and we, you know, they have all these things. But like, actually, by the standard of what the law would be, would depend on what state you're in. Oh, yeah. A lot of different like. Oh, and think about how many um, listeners we have that are international. Right. They don't even have the same. Mm -hmm. So it definitely depends on where you're at. And then also on what they're requesting. Well, okay, how about the, I have had this experience many times, not every time, but many times that I've been involved in a court situation. Um, the attorney requests information that I am not allowed to give. Right. <laughs> You're so, like, well, that's nice that you asked, but. <laughs> right. I think, I mean, so I th- I'm saying that because you cannot expect that the court, an attorney, a judge will know our rules and regulations we need to know them for ourselves right and it's so important that you i say frequently and i mean at least every couple of years as a counselor make sure you're doing some kind of like follow-up if you're feeling nervous or anxious about it they have all sorts of continuing education you can do but you have to know that you actually can say no. I think a lot of people panic. They mm-hmm. get like a summons or a subpoena yeah. and they just like I have to do this. Ow. I mean, well, there's some rules around that, right? Yeah. Are you allowed to say no to a subpoena? No. No, but you can right. say but if someone asked me for oh, specifically in the Texas state legislation, it says that a counselor cannot be a character witness. Yes. Correct. So you and I could not go to court or provide documentation to say if we like someone or right. don't or, like or someone. think someone's the better parent. Right. Or whatever. So that we could say no to. But if someone requests that we appear in court or that we they would request our records, then that we could say right. we have to do. Right. Okay. Does that mean um, are you careful in your notes or any documentation you have to not include things like who's the better parent mm-hmm. if someone's nice? I mean, I try if someone's not nice. Right. I try to be. One of my supervisors at the very, very beginning was like, listen, you write great notes and I need you not to write them so detailed. And yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> well, what do you mean by that? No, you don't want them to be so detailed because it can be used against yeah. anybody, whether it's your client or you yeah. or whatever. So stop putting so much feel to it or opinion to it. Uh-huh. Start just writing uh-huh. what intervention happened in 
therapeutic. Right. Yeah. So very factual. Take out all the opinion or um, what, how else would you describe that? What are you leaving mm-hmm. out? Opinion. Opinion. Uh, Pers- uh, perspective or perspective. like a feeling. Like yeah. it, if I'm feeling a certain way to mm-hmm. it, um, I try and write that creatively. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, also something in this in Texas, but this is true. I think across all of the United States, that you have your records that you keep for documentation purposes, right. but that you can have anecdotal notes that you keep for yourself that are not part of the official record. Right. So you, if you had something like that, you could put that in your own anecdotal notes. So maybe, right. um. I don't know, maybe I meet with a family for the first time and I don't know what it's about and I don't have anything else to point to a fact to show that this is um, something specific. But I just leave thinking, I don't know why, but they gave me a feeling (laughs) that I might I might just want to remind myself Myself that before you see them again, there was something up or something felt funny. But I can't put that in our in the official record anywhere. Right. Um, If you know. Um, I, ha- I had a position where I got quite a bit of training on being in court, appearing mm-hmm. in court. And one of the things a district attorney did the training with me or for me. Mm-hmm. And she said, don't ever write anything that you would be uh, bothered by someone standing up in court and reading word for right. word. Right. It's great advice. Right. So right. if if I wrote, I don't know why, but they both get, just gave me this feeling. Right. I don't know that it wouldn't have the same client smelled bad today. Right. <laughs> There's not a, <laughs> but you know, I've, I've, inclu- I've included that with kids that like yes. a description of their personal hygiene or like, well, and especially if you're like working that. on it. I mean, if right. something you're addressing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does an expert witness do? I think we talked about what they don't do. They don't get right. their personal opinion. So um, an expert witness does have to show up when they're subpoenaed, provide the documents when they're subpoenaed, uh, answer he, questions about said documents yeah well maybe I, maybe not <laughs> i was gonna say that i mean that was a big part of the training that i got in this specific position was um that you're really not giving any more information that was already provided in the documents that you gave right so if someone says um on this date did you write uh blah, blah, blah. this and yeah. <laughs> that reasonably if you're on stand you could say I don't know. It's in my records. Right. Or if I did, it's in my records that I provided right. mm-hmm. that um, you aren't really you aren't expected to have like the perfect memory and right. or go back and review everything, all the documents mm-hmm. that you gave and know all of them. Like memorize them. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Uh, for me, every time that I have been um, uh, a witness, the attorney has actually provided me a copy of the documents that I provided them. Yes. So I'm saying, on yes. I'm on stand and right. they give me they, a printed copy of what name. I gave yes. them. Yes. So then they're looking at a printed copy and I'm looking at a printed copy of exactly what I gave them. Yes. So if they did say on this date, did you write? Mm-hmm. We can everybody can right. flip through and say yes, yes. On this date, I wrote exactly these words, mm-hmm. and so everyone knows. Right. So you you don't have to memorize it. Right. You're not memorizing yeah. anything. You're not expected to know exactly on which date you did what mm-hmm. intervention. But if your notes are there, then you know. Right. Um. I think mostly you're expected to speak to the thing that we have been trained professionally to do. Right. Like why, what we did, why we did what we did Mm -hmm. and what was the outcome. Right. But I mean, especially if you're in a contentious like divorce situation or something, attorneys will try 
even yes. though they know you're not getting yes. the answer, they will yeah. try and manipulate or find a loophole yeah. or get you to speak about it. Yeah, without absolutely. So an expert, and in that case, I would say an expert witness does not <laughs> dive into the like. Right. Well, and that's why I mean the the way that I was trained or the way that this uh, district attorney instructed me was don't. I mean, you're not there to say anything more or anything less right. than what's in the document that you already provided mm-hmm. them. Um, but what you're saying takes us to our next point. Um, whose side are you on anyway? Um, I mean, whose side, as an expert witness, whose side are you on? One attorney, the other attorney, the judge, the whoever the client is or whatever side your right. client is on. Um, and you're saying that in a courtroom you have felt like, I mean kind of like court tv you felt like you were being badgered right it's happened Mm -hmm. but those were some cases where there was a lot of like uh custody situations happening Mm -hmm. that were well established and going on far before i was involved in the case like Mm -hmm. this is something that maybe this family has been dealing with a long time um a couple of times it's been uh situations where adolescents have used substances things like that that they had to get cleared through the courts for school or for Mm -hmm. different things Mm -hmm. so i think you know who's side you I would say sometimes we're on the side of the client, depending on the situation. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I mean, don't think I've ever been where I felt like I wasn't on the side of the client. Right. But I can imagine that there's a situation where you could be. Right. Uh-huh. But I think you're there just to represent your records. You're not yeah. really on a side, per se. Yeah. Um, I think I, on both sides. I've had attorneys who represented uh, my client, mm-hmm. and I've had attorneys who weren't were on the other side not right. representing my client where i felt like they were pushing or mm-hmm. digging for something that i just you could not give right, right. either mm-hmm. I, I really didn't have it or it's beyond the scope of what i can give and so i'm i'm not going right. to say it um i can remember one time a judge stopped the attorney and said okay stop sarah showed up today to do her job right she's doing her job like give right. her a break move on mm-hmm. quit asking the same question um so if anybody if there's a side i almost feel like the judge is on the side yes. of the witness of i any agree witness. an the, expert witness right. yeah a judge is usually hoping that there's going to be clarity mm-hmm. or maybe some not necessarily insight in an emotional way but some like oh i see this this person's attended 45 sessions that yeah. that seems like a lot tell me yeah. you know yeah. i've had um, not only have i had a judge stop and ask them to move on rather than continue to kind of right. like pick at me. Um, I have, like you're saying, I've even looked towards the judge and lo- like made eye contact mm-hmm. to go like, is that okay? <laughs> do I do I do that? <laughs> right. Do I not do that? Mm-hmm. And I have gotten help from that. Right. But they've said, you don't have to answer that or, right. you know, or, um, you know, what they're uh, maybe clarifying the question mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like in those situations, the judge has been there. Yeah. To help and has been helpful. My experience as far as judges go has been great. Yeah. Um, what about, I can think of a couple of situations where I, and I'm now I'm second guessing myself if I was on the side of my client, <laughs> right. but um, the job where I had so much training in uh, being in court, I worked for an advocacy center and in Texas advocacy centers are serve people who have been sexually abused or there was significant, uh, significant physical abuse. And so when I appeared in court, I did feel like every time I was there in support of Mm -hmm. my client. Right. Um, Another time I remember 
I was excited about this. I felt like of all the times I've appe- appeared in court, it doesn't always feel like it was it was like I did my job. Right. I did it right. Yes. Nothing nothing feels right. weird. Yeah. <laughs> like that was the way that's you know like justice was served right. somehow. Um but I appeared in court for I was I had four siblings and actually and there was a baby. So mm. there were five kids. Wow. And mom and mom and dad were in court and it wasn't even it wasn't family court. It was like they were suing each other over money and some I don't, it was but the kids were involved and their so their counseling became involved right. and i like we we're describing stuck to my role as mm-hmm. an expert witness and did not give an an opinion about anybody's character right. or whose house was better right um but i was sitting and listening and paying attention to the the attorneys back and forth and, and kind of the points that they were trying to make and while i was on stand i went Oh, oh! Right. <laughs> I do know something. Right. <laughs> I, I did, and and it was it was I was excited that I could be of help. Right. Um, but it was also kind of amazing that neither attorney caught that you could that yeah. I had this information. That but while I was listening, um, and it all came down to the date that I first saw them. Oh wow! And I went that well, I heard that I can testify <laughs> to that that on this date. Right. Um, was the first date that I saw the kids. This is the day we did uh, the assessment. Uh-huh. And at, on this date, this is what all all five family members, mom and the four kids, right. this is what they all reported on this date. And I was like, I, I did thing. it. I have a thing. I helped. Yeah. Yay. So, I, I mean, have you found, has that been in your experience that um, more often than not, it feels like there wasn't much for you to do or you, or like, you didn't make a giant impact on the outcome. That's been my experience. So in my, I, I always feel like I didn't have a giant out. Like they're, right. they're like I was here. Okay, I testified that the records are real. Right. <laughs> yep. Those are the notes. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. Often. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I did have a case where in my notes, um, a lot of the things had to do with a particular parent's um, like outbursts that mm-hmm. seemed very un. But but this parent had a diagnosis and had kind of been like allowed to act that way if that mm-hmm. makes any sense well during court they acted that way because they were frustrated with me not giving any more information mm-hmm. it was almost like the perfect storm yeah. like it was like yeah. okay and i was like i really think just because i was there on stand and was just it came out it just way. yeah hmm. so i mean i think it can be overwhelming for our supervisees to yes. get like that's scary the first time yeah. you have to go mm-hmm. but at the same time if you just look like you're there to do a job and it's yeah. not as big as people make right like, you're not on the stand i mean you really, didn't do anything it wrong. almost because of our limitations and what we can provide it's almost clerical yeah it really is most you're of the time kind of there clerical. you brought the record yeah. you're, you know um well that is a nice segue into our last point which is how do you prepare for this well i would say definitely review your chart definitely yep. review mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. see if mm-hmm. there's anything that you need to jog your memory about because sometimes they might not even be current clients oh yeah I don't, almost yeah. always I've been after, after yeah. yeah um I read a book on how to be an ex how to how provide to, testimony okay. it wasn't awesome okay so I wouldn't even give the name but right. I think doing a quick search of right. how to be an expert witness and finding like a well not, and definitely talk to colleagues right like yeah. if you haven't done it before talk to a colleague talk to uh-huh. anybody that has been there um the thing so when i got this training and i do think it was really beneficial um and i had the benefit of having the district attorney in my office and i really liked her she took me to the courthouse oh yes 
which was just to, you know, a two minute run through. Right. Right. Like, um, this is where everybody will be. You're going to come in. We're already going to be sitting. Mm-hmm. You're, you should come in and sit down here right. or around here. And at some point, somebody's going to look back and like make a little motion. Mm-hmm. And that means like, okay, we're about ready for, you know, all those That's things helpful. was yes. really helpful. Yes. Um, I, I think I, I actually know that not every attorney I've worked with has done this, but most of them, um, that they want to, and I think it really benefits you that they want to talk to you for a few minutes before. Yes. So you want to get yes. there early enough and you want to coordinate and know that each other, you both, you both expect that you will talk for a few minutes mm-hmm. and they're going to basically give you like, here's what my point is. Right. Here's where I'm looking. Or here's what yeah. the objective is today. Right. And here's the information that I know that, you know, mm-hmm. that will be, so you very, very short, quick rundown, but I think really helpful. I think it helps both sides, right? It helps mm-hmm. you to know what you're walking into, but it also helps the lawyer if you panic and they're like, no, it's okay. Like this, they can kind of prep you for like, this right. is like. Right. I think um, the more I've done it and the more comfortable I've gotten, the more I am likely to use that conversation well. Mm-hmm. I can think of one time where I kind of blew it off and thought no big deal. No one came to talk to me and right. I don't care. And it made a difference. Mm-hmm. Not having right. done that made like, a difference. Oh, yeah. Um, but I've also had times where I'm doing that little discussion beforehand, and I say to the attorney, "I am not that helpful to you." Right. Like I don't. I really don't have right. anything that helps the argument that you're trying to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I I remember one that I even said, truthfully, I hurt your argument. Right. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. any information that I would provide. It's in my paperwork, and beyond that, I'm not really helping your case very much um and i've had attorneys adjust or do something different based on Mm -hmm. i don't know what i'm going to do for you right i think that's or that they even maybe they get you know it's a long day for them right and they run out of time and they think sarah said she wasn't going to be that helpful anyway doesn't matter yeah so we'll just skip that part right or based on how this the just the case is going then we'll decide yeah it isn't that helpful to have Mm -hmm. sarah appear and Right. So Very good. I think there's a lot. I mean, maybe the way to prepare is to use all of your resources. Right. Read something. Um, rely on coworkers. Right. Ask the be in touch with the attorney and know what they expect right. or what they need. Be familiar with the space that you're mm-hmm. going to be in. Mm-hmm. I mean, all those things. Oh, I hate that when you try when you're going to a courtroom. And you're you're like, like, oh, right. <laughs> you don't know where to park, right. and you went up the wrong elevator, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's yeah. So knowing that stuff yeah. is a is a helpful. big help. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm glad we talked about no, I feel like counselors in the courtroom. Part two in the courtroom. There were really? things yeah. that probably come. Yeah. Uh, well, Heather and I would love to hear any advice that you have about appearing in court. And as always, we would love to hear any suggestions for upcoming episodes. Uh, thanks to, for listening to Supervision with a Vision.